We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News and World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world. It's once again time for the podcast, episode number 120. Hey, welcome to us. Uh, I want to uh, let you know, all, uh, let you all know this is the writers, actors, directors podcast, and all those awesome jobs in on set in between where we talk about, yeah, well, it's 120 episodes. And if you don't know by now, welcome to the show. You must be new around here. I'm one of your hosts, Josh, and joined. With me, as always, is that guy that lives under the Hollywood sign next to the secret good Adam Sandler movie yeah. you might remember from a previous episode, Brandon. What's up? Yeah, join as always when we're not having a load of technical difficulties. But, you know, we've been uh, talking to each other on here off and on for about, um, well, like a half hour now, just trying to get everything uh, worked out. Yep. Strangely um, I, enough, everything's working on my end. Yeah, um, I'm going to have to uh, rearrange a few things. The most ghetto setup I've had in a long time. Instead of using this lush desk behind me, I'm using a uh, folding dinner tray right now. Um, yeah, nobody would know that. I mean, I'm just saying, like, for me, like, I'm just like, it's... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is what I'm working with right now. It's so... It's like being back in college when you move into your dorm for the first time. Uh, it is legit... Crotch shot. Look at all that. That's that's I my the desk is behind me. So I'm just over here, just you know. Uh <laughs> making the best of what we have so we can get this episode and actually hang out and talk to you fine people uh the world over. So uh that being the case, let's go ahead and dive into it. Uh, what are we talking about tonight? Cause I've been so busy this week. I actually, I don't think I even made any posts for this show today. Um, no, you didn't. I'm usually good at that. I'm it's usually like pretty you didn't good at have that. Any stuff, faith that we'd actually make it to air? <laughs> I had questions. I didn't know how this was going to work. So, because <laughs> like I've, you know, I've never used the laptop uh, for the show. Welcome to um, the 21st century, Brandon. I know, right? I've, I mean, I use a smartphone, but apparently my phone's not that smart. Uh, so <laughs> that being the case. All the difficulties that we've had has, be, has been because, well, I guess I could set up the Canon. I don't know if I can record like live video with a Canon if I have it all hooked up with the mic and all that stuff hanging off of it. If it's live, is but, it really recording? Hmm? 
Is that if it's live? Is it really recording? Yeah, I mean, that's it. But either way, so we're here hanging out with everybody. Mm-hmm. That's us, the Hangar Outers. Yep. Yep. So anyway, Josh, it's good to have an episode again for the first time. Oh, Jesus, what, like in two weeks, I think, right? Uh, and like the other week, it was uh, kind of cut short because there are technical difficulties happening. Yeah, it's it's been a, a nightmare of epic proportions just to get this show on the air. And, and quite frankly, um, everything uh, over the last couple of weeks has been kind of dark on our end for yeah. a variety of reasons. One of them. OK, quick, quick story here. Um, over the last couple of weeks and, and maybe even closer to three weeks, I legit thought I was dying. <laughs> I, I I had our time breathing and uh, there was all sorts of gunk in me, in my head. I couldn't really think straight. And I kept thinking, well, this is it. This is how I go out just in a, in a, in a haze of phlegm. That's the end nice. of me. You know, it, it's one of those, I guess, common guy overreactions. Um, I'm sick. That means I'm dying, especially when you <laughs> hit 40 and over. But uh, as I kept trying to take, you know, like tablets for cold and flu uh, and nothing was working, I, I I just didn't know what to do. I was like, yep, I, I caught the, the deadly cold. And no, I'm not talking about COVID. I'm not, you know, saying that not not by by any stretch. But you know, that that very rare instance where someone dies of the common cold. Um yeah. and then someone said, Well, are you running a fever? I was like, No, I'm I'm not running a fever. It sounded more like, No, I'm not running a fever. It's like, um, oh. okay. Are you feeling nauseous? No. Okay. Uh then Maybe it's just allergies. Like, wait, what? If it was allergies that made you act like a little baby the entire time, I swear to God, man. <laughs> so they said, take a Claritin. Give me money. And I did. I'm like, this isn't good. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Much better. <laughs> I I feel normal again. Yeah. Cool. So yes, my my um, my awful feeling and quite frankly, maybe a tad bit uh, overreacting was due to my first, my very first, mind you, um, bout with severe allergies. You know, you got to really be careful because you're uh, giving us like you know how women give men like a lot of shit because when we get sick, we're big old babies and all that stuff. You're giving us a bad name. You're making that look real. Uh, it is real. It is not real. It's it's totally real. Nope. Nope. Fabrication, man. Fabrication. Hey, we we can be our true selves here, Brandon. This is a like, safe space. <laughs> it's a safe space. <laughs> no, see, honestly, like if I'm sick, I just like I don't associate with anyone because I'm usually just like not in a good mood. Yeah, and yeah, you, it's fair. You've known me for years. You've known me well enough to know that if I am not in, like, even on my best days, I'm, I'm kind of an asshole. 
So <laughs> when I'm a uh... yeah. <laughs> so when I'm sick, it's one of those deals where I honestly I I can't function. And what little patience I have is the very last reserve in the barrel. So it has to be used very carefully. Otherwise, I run out so quickly. I exist, like, exhaust my supply of patience. So, um, but yeah, so it's like, I think when I had COVID, you know, I wasn't trying to be an asshole, but I was a monumental dick. When I had COVID, like, I'm just like, just going to the bathroom was like running a marathon for me. And I haven't ran since God. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I can tell you the last time I ran and it was like 2003. Oh, no. I remember when I ran. I remember the last time I ran. Target. I bought a copy of um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video game on PS4. And I only ran because some kid was trying to show it to his mom. And he didn't know he could take the game out of the electronics section. So he put the game back to go get his mom. Because it was like the very last copy. And that's the game I went there to go get. Uh -huh. So I ran to where the game was to snatch it up to hmm. where I could get the game before this little kid could convince his mom to buy it for him. That's good. And then as yeah. and then as I'm checking out with a cashier, that's when the woman comes back. She's like, okay, I'll get it for you. It's your birthday. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Getting judged by the guy at the uh, counter the whole time. <laughs> Are you sure you want this copy, sir? I was like, we have it for Nintendo Switch. Like, no, I want this one. Does <laughs> it nice and loud? I was like, so you want this cop this last copy? of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the PS4, and then I just turns around, like, looking at me, I'm like, you dick. <laughs> the answer is yes. Yes, I do. That let, point, let the lady with the disposable income get the other version. Listen, it's survival mode, okay? It's either me or the kid, and it's not my kid, so it's me. That's fair. That's absolutely right? fair. Right? Yeah, thank you. Anyway, yeah, last time I ran, it was, like, just to go get the game from the shelf really quick at least you didn't knock over any kids on the way that you told us about uh, i have not knocked over a kid in a long time yeah and that was an accident though that, that's different like not important at all uh thing is it's still uh god i'm gonna be a bad person Shit. <laughs> might be that's been one of the themes of the show since the beginning 120 episodes in, Brandon might be a bad person. <laughs> uh, it could be worse. It could be like Dennis from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So, oh, God. Anyway, so moving on from. <laughs> moving on from our conversation on, on this conversational podcast. Well, we talk about movies, the, the film That's industry, true. the TV That's industry. True. We're not talking about any of that stuff. Unless we were to dive into like the writing aspect of the Ninja Turtle games, which. Most of them were, like, let's face it, the arcade game and Turtles in Time and the Hyper, Hyperstone Heist. All amazing writing in those games. Ah, amazing please, writing. it's garbage. Yeah, it's really not, but it's, um, it's, a, it's good writing. <laughs> okay, okay, let, let, okay, just, just for the okay. sake, sake of argument here. Yep. Um, the, the basic plot <laughs> is always Shredder kidnaps April. Nope. Turtles have to rescue April. Nope. 
that's that's exactly what it is for the arcade game. Arcade game, yes. Um, Turtles in Time, no. And Hyperstone Heist, no. Yeah, those actually have like cutscenes and. I mean, yeah. I mean, either way. So, uh, so you got the Cowabunga Collection. Yes. Yes. Now I just have to get like the online pass. So if you have it, right? Yeah. Okay. So you have it. Uh, my friend uh, Steven has it. My best friend is like third grade. He has it. So one of these nights we're going to actually like, you know, like coordinate a time for the three of us to go on there and just rock out to this game. It's going to be trickier for me because you know, I'm three hours behind you guys. But um, plus both you and Steve are fathers. You've got three kids. He's got six kids. So I've got two that, you know, pretty much. Are you one of those fur baby people? These are my fur babies. No, no, no. What I do is, uh, hey, do you have any kids? Like, well, yeah, right now they're at home in the crate. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I dressed them this morning. I put them in the crate. I went to work. Don't worry. They have plenty of water. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, I think I put water in the crate. <laughs> no, but uh, I'm not at all. Um, obviously, I love I love my dog, Indiana. Chaos, I'm... You tolerate. I tolerate. Um, he's not a bad dog. He's just... Simple. Yeah. Should, we should have named him Simple Jack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't got a good, 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 good brain. Ah, oh, that's what I love to hear on a Friday night. <laughs> but uh, I know that you saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, right? Quantumania? I did. I saw it too. What'd you think? Um, Kang was amazing. I'll say that. Kang was like, that whole story, like with him, that was that was amazing. Uh, Modok, what I mean, what the hell, man? Um, like I, I get that they had to find some way to make Modok work, but at the same time, I don't see why they didn't just, I don't know, um, not do what they did. Now, as far as everything else goes, I, I honestly, here's here's the thing. I, I feel like the. I, I I honestly feel like the MCU is trying to find its place after all the events leading up to um, Endgame. It's and let's face it, it's very hard to top the chemistry with those actors. I mean, those actors yeah. like the entire first uh, couple phases leading up to Endgame. At some point, they all interact with each other. The actual Avengers movies, like you. They they were constantly being referenced in other movies. Mm-hmm. The Avengers are being referenced. So when it comes to the Avengers movie, it's like the big um, amalgamation of all these stories. You have all these other characters that are finally coming to a head. And then when it splits off, um, you still have other really great stories with these characters. Right. Um, some not as good, but uh, you still have these stories. Um, now, you don't really have that mixture anymore like that like uh, i think i think disney's biggest mistake was creating tv shows for characters now 
the whole Wanda and Vision thing and all that stuff, that actually would have been a pretty damn good movie. That would have been an amazing movie. Um, WandaVision would have been a great movie. Now, going back to Loki, again, Loki, I think, should have been an actual movie. Um, She-Hulk, yeah, sure. I think people would have been pissed off if they went to go see the movie version of She-Hulk and got trolled at the very end by the, of the movie. Like, you know, the whole, oh, this is a bad ending. We're going to fix this really quick. Like, whatever. But I think they're having a hard time keeping up. And the writing, to me, it just kind of shows. Yeah, it just, that's something that... It's a lot of content. It, yeah, it's... it's. Um, I don't like the fact that they uh, recasted, that they recasted uh, Cassie. Because they wanted, like, a more well-known name. I don't know that much about the actress that played Cassie. I, I assume that's more for like the younger generation because she's been in a few things that kids can relate to. But uh, I liked the chemistry between Scott Lang and his daughter in um, what do you call it? Um, Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, Ant Man and the Wasp. So, like I like their chemistry together. She actually did a good job. Um, and not just Ant Man and the Wasp because that was before they uh, got sucked into everything before Endgame. But the daughter mm-hmm. that when he sees the daughter as an adult, like I mean, she's actually done some stuff. I don't see why they wanted to recast her because I thought, and I, I thought it was kind of dirty how they did that too, because she didn't know she was being recasted until after Disney made the announcement. I think on Twitter or something like that. that's how she found out she wasn't going to be playing Cassie again. But um, but yeah, like Modok, I, I I don't like how they did the writing for him making it like Darren, um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just it just seemed really sloppy to me. I guess Paul Rudd was great as always. I mean, Paul Rudd is always yeah. awesome in what he does. But um, yeah, especially know, like, with without spoilers, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do this without spoilers. Especially when he's like, hmm. Oh, oh, yeah, right, but yeah, yeah, okay, yep. Doing his uh, Paul Rudd thing is only Paul Rudd can. Yeah, yeah, he 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 can say a lot with just his face without even speaking. I was pretty upset that Wu wasn't in this one. Agent Wu, like that would have been awesome. He was. Was he? Yeah. I must have missed that part. Oh no, that's right at the beginning. That's right. What we were missing was Luis. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, I mean, Paul Rudd, like, you know, like, I, I guess uh, Lang and Wu's interactions are always awesome. They're always hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Luis, like, that would have been awesome. But I don't know. I, I honestly, I know that they have um, plans for this whole next, like, two phases of the MCU. I just, I think they need to start picking up their game because they are losing a lot of the people that were there from the beginning. Like, people are just, like, people are getting bored with these stories now. It's like, well, these aren't as good as the old ones. I'm not talking about, like, the toxic bullshit, like, the whole, oh, MCU, <laughs> like, you know, look how edgy I am kind of people. I'm talking about the people that have very greatly enjoyed and re-watched movies from the get-go mm-hmm. plus uh, i forget the name of the uh writer really quick uh let me see something really quick for ant-man that he's ever any like thing for a major movie before 
Brandon doing his research really quick. And this is the song about it. Brandon doing his research. And this is his song about it. Brandon connection getting crappy. And this is the song about it. Yeah, well, I'm looking. See, I don't know if he's like staring intently at the screen or. uh... Yeah, yeah, I can see it now. I was going to say, I don't know if you're like reading the screen intently or if your camera's frozen. It's one or the other. But you're back. uh... There we go. Let's see. Create two windows. That way I can have that open and see you and read this at the same time. So let's see. Is he concentrating or is he frozen? Yeah, so when it came to everything else, he's written a he's written for he's written for the office before, he's written for Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Uh he's written um for He's written, he's written for Jimmy Kimmel. He's written for The Office. He's written for Rick and Morty. But as far as actually helming a legitimate screenplay for a major studio, this is his very first time he ever did it. And it shows. It really does show. Writing like writing a feature-length screenplay, especially like for a superhero movie. Um, and let's go more specifically, um, an established superhero movie, right? Writing something like that versus writing a uh, half-hour TV show. Animated or you know live, they're two different beasts. They really are. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out why it felt like I was watching a TV show half the damn time, and I realized the writing in it. That that was largely it. They seemed to have like just TV show beats to me, and like I was trying to figure out why, and now I see why. Well, would you say the same thing about um, uh, Infinity War? Um, game? Not really, because that had to be structured in a very specific kind of way. <clears throat> um, yeah, Infinity War and even Endgame, they had to be structured so strategically to tell so many different stories almost simultaneously happening. Mm-hmm. So the way that those movies were written, like, yeah, it may have come off that way to certain people. Like a lot, honestly, it felt like a lot of little short films to me, but that was because it, it honestly, it was, if you think about it, it, the whole entire first phase with infinity, the whole infinity saga, the first couple phases, they're not just sequels or like separate movies. I consider them like anthology movies. They're all tied together, and the common placement are the Infinity Stones after Iron Man one. So, once Captain America, you know, came out, um, it just, yeah, it became an anthology. So you had Nick Fury connecting everything. You had the Infinity Stones. You had, um, you know, it's just like Shield was like the common thread. Like in any anthology, you have one thing or two things that connects the entire series together, right? Right. Um, I'm not really seeing that with this right now. That, that it just seems like that's what's making this uh, new phase different to me. 
Well, it's it's just now kind of getting started with the um, multiverse. Yeah, yeah, the multiverse, the Kang uh, Kang Dynasty's uh, coming up. I think in uh, two years, right? Two or three years, they're doing the Kang Dynasty. What what year is it now? Twenty twenty three. Are you sure? I said check, but let me check the calendar. So yeah, King Dynasty in twenty twenty five. Secret Wars is what twenty twenty six. So yeah, two Avengers movies twenty twenty five twenty twenty six. It's the culmination of everything that uh, is. Where would you say this started? Really, No Way Home, um, Loki. I'd say Loki. Actually, I would say um, Loki and WandaVision together. Um, there, there's a video that discussed this um, in Loki. <coughs> excuse me. In Loki and WandaVision, there is a uh, scene that uh, lines up perfectly, like the music and everything else lines up perfectly. Where once, uh, like at the very end of Loki, right? Like uh, he who remains, Kang's like the good Kang, right? Uh, the one that stopped <laughs> the multiversal war. Well, I mean, he he, no, he he stopped the multiversal war and he's trying to keep the sacred timeline intact. Like so, yeah. Like by all de- like by all means, like he's actually the good one. He's trying. He may not do it the most admirable way, but he's trying to make sure things don't turn chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, he's trying to stop the incursions and everything else, like um, all that, all that uh, jazz. But there's a scene where when he's talking uh, to Loki and um, the female Loki, I forget her Sylvie. name, Sylvie. Sylvie. While he's talking to them. This video has a side by side of Loki over here, and then it has, um, I'm sorry, yeah, it has the He Who Remains over here, and it has Wanda over here, and it's as she's turning into the Scarlet Witch. She's absorbing um, Agnes's all of her power and everything else. She's turning into the Scarlet Witch. Finally, she's got her full potential is coming in, right? Mm-hmm. That's where he stops talking, but the music matches up perfectly. And he's like, I've never seen this future before. Like, I don't know what happens next now. Because at that point, like, you know, she is now capable of going into different universes. She's able to, like, she's going to learn how to do this now. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so that being the case, I still think that it would have been awesome if those two, um, if those two uh, things were movies. Or at least, like, as she's turning into the Scarlet Witch, that could have been a movie itself. Show her slow descent into madness. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. It's um, I think with No Way Home, it definitely added to it with the whole ripping open the multiverse. Um, what twice? The beginning of the movie and at the very end when the spell, yeah, when the Green Goblin blows up the box and the uh, bad spell gets on, creates all kinds of chaos. So yeah. But I mean, I, I would like to see it get to the point where. <clears throat> I'm actively looking forward to movies coming out again. Because, like, remember, like, when the uh, first movies came out, like, oh, at the end of uh, Captain America, Captain America will return. Thor will return. Iron Man will return. 
you know, I had all those things. So I was like, you're actively looking forward to the next movie to come out. And now it's just like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm always looking for the next thing uh, to come out. I'm still loving all of this stuff. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed um, Quantumania very much. I'm not going to say it's it's by any means a a near-perfect movie. I like, uh, essentially, the entire Bill Murray thing probably could have just been cut. Yeah, that was very much a glorified cameo. And I appreciate and the cameo, but it's, yeah, it's it always great. Necessary. Yeah, it's always great seeing Bill Murray, but that really was not necessary whatsoever. Like that, that it didn't do anything for the story. It didn't move it forward. And uh, and this this is actually something I've seen in uh, these screenwriting groups that we are members of in Facebook. Mm-hmm. Get rid of anything that does not move the story forward. Um. Unless you have a name for yourself and you have studio backing that you can write whatever you want. Bill Murray just putting him in there is like, why? Yeah, it adds not much of anything to the the plot other than we find out that she uh, was involved with, with people while she was in the quantum realm. Yep. Yeah, no. and that's 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 it. That's the gist of it. <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you could have just gotten. <clears throat> well, plus they they already spoke about that before this, didn't they? No. Oh, oh, is that or is that when? Oh, that's right. No, that's right. It's right afterwards when. Um, yeah, that's right. It's right afterwards when Hank finds out that you know she's, you know, and she's like, "Well, I have needs. Like, you know, I've been here for. I was in here for like thirty years." So, yeah, he he had no idea that societies even existed in the quantum realm. Yep. Yeah, he and thought she, she was said, just like he thought she was just down there, like just like stuck there, and even thought like didn't even think that she was like dead or something like that. Like just, I don't know about dead, but definitely uh, probably trapped. not uh, in the best shape. Yeah. Let alone thriving, helping someone. Anyone who don't want to get into spoilers, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, he finds out that while she was away, she had a history, yeah. and Bill Murray was a part of that. That's that's it. That's that's the entire. Can can I say something? It's going to be a spoiler, kind of. Uh, hold on, hold on. Okay, okay, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't want to hear this part, mute it. If you don't, it's on you now because there's a little thing down here that says it's a spoiler. Um, the way that they got Darren back on their I'm sorry, Modoc back on their side. Um, or the way Cassie did, rather. Like, you don't have to be a dick. And all of a sudden he's like, I want to do good now. I'm not a dick. He dies like, oh, I'm not a dick. I'm an Avenger now. And Scott's like, sure. <laughs> You're in, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like the way they got like his whole like one thing I don't like about like movies that do stuff like that is like you had this character that has this pent up hatred for years, right? Years, and and someone like Darren Cross in Ant Man, he was a vile person, and it didn't change in Ant Man and uh, Ant Man Quantumania. He was still a vile person. He still hated. Scott Lang, right? Still hated him. 
even more so, he hated Hank. But now all of a sudden, he's going to die a hero because he doesn't he he knows now he doesn't have to be a dick anymore. So all of a sudden, change of pace. Now I'm going to sacrifice myself because I'm not a dick. And he's like, even like when he's going after Kang, he's like, I'm not a dick. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a character that didn't need a redemption arc. It's like, uh, yeah, like Modok is not a redeemable character by any means. Like, I mean, it's it, it, it's in his name. There's nothing redeemable. Like, what they, they shouldn't even even brought Darren back. It should have just been Modok. Of all these things that Kang created, why could he not create that? You don't have to have it be like, you know, um, you know, from AIM like it is in the comic books. You don't have to have him be like an AIM kind of like, you know, kill bot. Uh, you could have changed a few things, like, you know, took some liberties. But to do it with uh, someone like Darren Cross and just, oh, well, he was mutated when he shrunk down. And this is how Kang saved him. And now he's Kang's servant. I just, I don't know. Like, there, there's a lot that I feel like the characters themselves were not fully understood by the guy that was writing them. And I thought the main characters were uh, just every every ancillary, ancillary, well, not every ancillary character, because there were a lot of uh, really shining moments from uh, secondary cast. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, especially when you when you find out things like, um, yes, I hear everybody's thoughts and people are awful. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's like but it's... It, it, it's it goes back to especially in that <laughs> particular scene. Um, how many holes do you have? He has oh, yeah. seven. And and just the look on Paul Rudd's face where he goes from, yeah. Because you can see he's counting. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> it's just, it's, uh, I don't know. It's. <sighs> but over, overall, I enjoyed it. I did. It was a, it was a fun watch for me. Uh, not without its, um, you know, flaws as, as movies tend to have. And watch this. I'm going to, I'm going to make magic real quick. You paying attention? Go for it. Some some movies are practically flawless, at least in our opinions, and uh, that's why they generally wind up, you know, as kind of like our favorite movies. Oh, okay, so that's where we're going to transition, huh? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Segway. So, and just to give you guys a hint as to what we're talking about here. That's right. We're talking about Robin Williams' classic toys. <laughs> yeah, toys. <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about Mac and Me. Isn't that the one where they kill a kid in a wheelchair? <laughs> it's the one, yeah, from the clip of the kid that's always flying off the cliff that uh, Paul Rudd shows everyone at late night talk shows. Like, oh, yeah, it's a great movie. Check this out. <laughs> Got to be honest, I haven't seen that one. You're not missing anything. But no, um, you and I have... Shut up, Brandon. Say hi to your mom. Oh, 
Hey, mom, what's up? There you go. Uh, no, you and I have very specific uh, favorite movies. And yes. uh, right now, I can happily say that as of this moment, they're both now trilogies. Because I don't count 2016. That's the, that movie. Well, it's not part of the... Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, we don't, we don't, that's like, it's like a Hogwarts and Voldemort. They, the, you know, he who must not be named. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like that. Um, <clears throat> either way, so you're a lifelong Back to the Future fan. I am, yes. Um, a very much a lifelong Ghostbusters fan. I have this cute picture of me wearing a proton pack when I was like six years old in a leopard print robe. Um, <clears throat> I will admit your movie had a lot more merchandising potential for kids in the 80s. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, people don't realize that Back to the Future even had a cartoon series. It didn't last no. long, but it did have a cartoon series. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, how would you honestly get, like, uh, how would you get toys for Back to the Future? Like, Ghostbusters is one thing, because they have, like, all those weird ghosts that they can always make, and plus uh, the real Ghostbusters. Uh, they had a very specific theme song, and at the end of each episode of the real Ghostbusters, you would always hear the theme song. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, like while they're catching a ghost. Um, but I'll let you go ahead and uh, pop off with why you are so invested in Back to the Future. No, you're gonna make me take lead on the the thing you wanted to talk about. You brought it up. You made that. <laughs> I, I I didn't know we were going to talk about this because we were talking about the Ant Man and the Wasp, so Ant Man and Quantumania so much. But uh, you go ahead. You um, you made the transition, so you uh, you take the floor. So okay, I guess this is turning into a an audio essay on why I love Back to the Future, right? Well, let's let's not make it like a college room lecture. Not make it like that. Yeah, let's not do the whole like. Well, uh, if you look at this right here. Here's a slideshow as to why it's such a great movie. Like, just, you know, just from the heart, Josh. From the heart. From the heart. Why do I love Back to the Future? Well, one, it is the movie, the singular movie that uh, initiated my love for all things time travel. if, If there's a time travel movie, I am on board always. And this Back to the Future is the absolute reason why. Now, it stems from the idea of, you know, somebody thinking back uh, to what their parents were like in high school and, you know, if they would get along with them and that kind of thing. And being the age I am now, I often think, um, what if I were younger Okay. No, that's not really a, a relevant thought. Anyway, but it is that interesting idea of would I be friends with my parents in school? What were my parents like? So, you know, um, Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis put that to paper and um, Back to the Future was born. Yep. It's about a kid that goes back in time accidentally, by the way, and finds out uh, his parents were actually teenagers at one point. Yep. They weren't always the, the people they were as adults. And that is, that can be a hard lesson 
you know, for, for a lot of people growing up, knowing that their, their parents were just as awkward or bullheaded uh, as they are. And after all, that's where you get it from. Yeah. But it also has a lot of classic ideas thrown in, you know, beating the bully. Yeah. Um, going to, uh, going to prom, uh, making out with your mom, you know, typical, typical teenager stuff, right? Yeah, 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 totally. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Everyone makes out with their mom. It's the coolest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Sorry, mom. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like he took this road because he knew somebody was watching. Uh, well, actually, I was like, I was making a uh, cut towards uh, Billy Madison's. Like, everyone pees their pants. It's the coolest. If peeing your pants is cool, then consider me Miles Davis. <laughs> Lady, that's the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh, God. So I was like, well, I mean, so, so yeah, thing... it got awkward. Admittedly, so, no. this whole thing got awkward. Oh, no, no, no. It's um, the thing is, like, with Back to the Future, though, going back to that, uh, Back to the Future. Now I've given you a lot of shit over Back to the Future. Usually, it's like yeah, taking jabs at you. Yeah. And uh, there was one time where you just stopped. You just pretty much you flipped flipped out on me. Um, I did not flip out. Well, you did. Too. I you flipped told, off. You told you told me I was a douchebag and everything else. But um, you were like, that's not flipping out. <laughs> to the point where I actually felt bad. I don't usually feel bad, uh, but I actually felt kind of bad. <clears throat> so. Um, I think I sent you like Baby Yoda and everything with the big old eyes talking about how and like something stupid like I'm Sawi and it's like <laughs> there there aren't many movies that I'll go to the mat for, but Back to the Future is one of them. Yeah, it's but, uh, a practically perfect screenplay from yeah. from top to bottom. It's it is, taught. It is it is taught in uh, film school. In film school and, and, and has, other and other credited colleges too. Like I mean, it's it's it is taught. It is. It has um, a a timeless cast. Oh yeah, uh, Marty. Uh, you know Michael J. Fox, um, Christopher Lloyd, are uh, oh, chemist- an amazing duo. Oh yeah, the chemistry. I I would love to see. Um, I I know there's footage out there. Uh, a little trivia for everybody. Um, Michael J. Fox was not the first person to play Marty McFly. It was actually Eric Stoltz that played Marty McFly. And he yes. they, he filmed, I think, 90% of all of his scenes. Quite a few, um, yes. But, uh, yeah, they, they're almost done using him as Marty McFly before they fired him and brought in Michael J. Fox to film all those scenes all over again. Uh, and they realized what was missing is the fact that Eric Stoltz was more dramatic with uh, the role of Marty. It was like, it wasn't funny to watch him versus Michael J. Fox, who if, if you have not watched any movie outside of back to the future with Michael J. Fox in it, go watch things like doc Hollywood, the frighteners or like other movies that he's been in, like, you know, over the years, Mm -hmm. Uh, the chemistry that he has in those movies, the way he carries himself, even in family ties. uh, He, he was always great. Like, I mean, it's spin city scrubs. Like, I mean, all these, like, um, all these shows and movies that he was in, he is hysterical now. And he's also very good at being dramatic when he has to be. 
Now, that being the case, Eric Stoltz was nothing but dramatic. It was apparently just, even watching the footage I've seen of Eric Stoltz playing Marty McFly, it is boring in comparison. Mm -hmm. Like, Marty McFly, yeah, Marty McFly was lost in time. He was lost in 1955 in Hill Valley. He didn't know anything about it for that time period. It was straight up fish out of water, right? Yeah. Um, But there was this drive in him. Like, he wasn't just wandering around like, oh, my God, where am I? If you watch Eric Stoltz when he leaves the diner, he just kind of, like, just, like, wanders out and walks across the uh, park, across the uh, street by the, you know, by the uh, tower. Now, the clock tower. Marty McFly, when he leaves the diner, he almost gets hit by a car. Right? Like, he almost gets hit by a car and everything else. And it's kind of, like, more hysterical watching him because he's just completely flabbergasted by everything. Um. So watching him in those movies, and even like in, when it came to Back to the Future 2 and 3, I like Back to the Future 1 out of all three movies. That's my favorite one. Because after that, there's kind of like just throw caution to the wind as far as, you know, not messing with uh, time. That's one thing I've always thought was hysterical is Doc Brown's like, do not mess with time. Don't change anything. Incognito. And they're just like both. Well, hey. you know, got to kind of wonder if I mean the the entire uh, resolution of the first movie was, hey, we made everything better than it was before. <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought about that, but it's just like, just think, like, as a as a physicist, like Doc Brown, right? As someone with that with the engineering capabilities, like as brilliant as he is, right? Uh-huh. In Back to the Future Three, the whole thing was. We got to say incognito. Uh-huh. Um, don't change time. We leave no trace of us being here as little as possible. Hey, Marty, let's take a picture here. <laughs> well, well, no, as he said, the picture already exists. Did he say that in the movie? Yeah, that's, you know, that's how Marty knew that he was there. Oh, oh no no but no he knew he was there because in the original picture it was just Doc Brown. Right. So that's so what saying, I'm saying, they like, know they know at least a a version of the picture exists. Yeah, I'm just saying it's like it just cracked me up that like Doc Brown would even like well I guess in his mind he's stranded there. Might as well mm-hmm. live it up, right? Um, yeah, he's become a permanent fixture of that timeline in his yep. mind. Yep. Uh and then with um Marty, though, is like he goes back there to rescue Doc Brown. Like he goes back there with the with the explicit goal of getting him out of there. And Doc Brown, at that point, was even on like they were already planning their escape with the train and getting the DeLorean back up to eighty eight miles per hour. Um, so they knew they were going to leave, and they're still like, you know what, photo up. Now there are callbacks like if they were hysterical, like when he's got like the uh, was like the pie pan. And he's like, just like go wings at the gun, and then you find out it's like says frisbee. The guy's like, oh, frisbee, <laughs> the frisbee pie company. But um, the one thing I still, I guess the big debate, right? The big debate is, is this Marty that we're following in these movies? Is he the first Marty to go back in time and then go forward to the future, and all that stuff? Like, is he the first one? It's never really answered because. People say he is because, like, what was it, like, in the Twin Pines Mall? It turns mm-hmm. into, what was it, like, the Lone Pine Mall, I think? Right, because he ran over the tree. Uh, yeah, he destroyed one of the, <laughs> yeah, he ran over one of the Twin Pines. Um, when he, like, when he first went back in time, he you know, plows down the tree. But yeah, um, first thing he does, the very, <laughs> very first thing he does. 
very first thing he is he alters uh, the timeline. But, mm-hmm. um, but people are like, oh, well, he's the first Marty because he did that. It's like, how do you know? Now, my whole thing is like, if he was the first Marty, him going into the future, 30 years, that would have been like a 30-year period where he did not exist anywhere. There's no way he could have had that family if he was the first Marty to do that. So another Marty would have had to have been successful in whatever they're doing for that to happen. And this is what I like about Back to the Future because it really makes you think if you just dive into it, it's like a whole rabbit hole of thoughts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, because, um... like, because like even there's an episode of Darkwing Duck, not related, but like there's an episode where Gosling gets kidnapped by accident and gets transported into the future with uh, two of Darkwing Duck's villains. Um, and so for like that, like the 30 years that she's gone, Darkwing Duck has become rageful and vengeful. You know, he fired Launchpad. He uh, and now he's like driving a tank and like a fighter jet. Like he is more like Nega Duck than he is like Darkwing Duck. He is just flat out uh, totalitarian. He's a, he's pretty much his future is all totalitarian. Darkwing Duck injustice. No, no. I mean, if you if you ever watched that episode, it's actually a pretty good episode. But of course, I've seen so, that episode. So my thoughts were. This is a 30-year period where Marty would not exist. So when he were to go into the future, he would have had to have already successfully made that mission. Like, So this, another Marty would have already had to have been there throughout the timeline for this Marty to go and save his kid. So the Marty in the future is the Marty. I, I always told someone, like, I look at the Marty in the future as the original Marty. Like the very first one. Because um, he settled down, you know, he he and uh, Jennifer had their kids. Um, but which but yeah, timeline like, is that? That's the thing to remember. Yeah, because timeline A is 1985. He's has a crappy life with mom and dad. Biff's bully, and then by the end of that, they're in timeline B, where, uh, you know, his dad's a successful writer. Yep. And they have the truck because, of course, the truck is the answer to everything. Oh, yeah, um, that's the damn truck. <laughs> and then in Back to the Future 2, go to the future. Um, da, 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 da. But when they go back to 1985, it's timeline C where it's Biff World. Yeah. And uh, yeah. no matter how much they think they've put things back in order, no, that's not the case because in in uh night after they uh do their mission in back to the future part two they go back to 1985 and um that's uh that's Biff's world but after that there's a there's a timeline d yeah from that point on where you know biff sees the the flying delorean and the hoverboard and all that so that's a timeline where he has those experiences. But then you go even further back to the 1885 story, which creates timeline E. Um, because after that point, everything's changed. So when they get back to 1985, at the end of Back to the Future Part 3, they're really in timeline E. Um and that uh, drastically changes everything from the future because 
well, everything should have been changed already for the future uh, because it's a completely different timeline. But the fact that he didn't get into that drag race with Flea, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, Needles. That, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, would uh, also alter that, change his history, which is why, even though I am not a proponent for a fourth Back to the Future movie, I am uh, definitely not one of those guys that's like, we need more. Um, but I was asked once, and I might, I think it might have been by you. I don't recall. But somebody said, if me. you had to, you know, gun to your head, they said, this is the, f- there's going to be a fourth movie. You're giving us the story. What is it going to be? I said, well, if you have to, I think the fourth movie or even the second trilogy, however you want to do it, uh, has to be about um, Doc wanting to uh, reset everything to timeline A. Because um, after all, he he spent so many times saying we can't change the timeline, but that's what they did like straight away from the jump. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everything changed. That's all they did in the entire trilogy. They just kept changing the damn timeline. (laughs) I would say that the biggest victims of their um, time manipulation is probably the Tannins. Yeah. They're to think what whatever, excuse me, whatever progeny came about from that family tree has had to suffer uh, even more so because of the McFly interference. So, my pitch for a fourth Back to the Future movie would be um, Biff's granddaughter or great-granddaughter, depending on how you want to do this, um, has to uh, Doc, you know, he's too old for, for these time-traveling things. Um, and maybe he doesn't want to remember. Um, <clears throat> let me back it up. It, in in this world, it was it was my my thought that uh, because Marty didn't get into the wreck with the Rolls Royce, yep, his his music career took off. Excuse me for a second. I need to uh, much yeah, Josh. Josh is a little sickly, ladies and gentlemen. A little bit. <clears throat> so he didn't get into the wreck with the Rolls Royce. That means his music career took off, which means. Yep. He would probably be peaking early 90s, you know, yeah, yeah, really building his career in the 90s. A would have been a big era for for that kind of um movement, you know, sort of possibly grunge. And <laughs> my my <laughs> thought was Marty uh breaks up with Jennifer. Oh god. Or she breaks up with him because he's, you know, living a rock star lifestyle in in the nineties, um, and he winds up dying because oh, okay. of this. Wow. Okay. So the first thing I would do was kill Marty. <laughs> and Doc knows that it's his fault because that was a life that Marty was never supposed to have because that was not timeline A. And he thinks the only way... Oh, and somewhere along the lines, um, his crippling depression makes 
you know, Clara leave him. Maybe she, you know, has an accident somewhere. Maybe, you know, whatever the case may be. Jules and Vern are out there. They're suffering. You know, there's just a lot of bad stuff going on. Yeah. So Doc wants to erase all of it. And he decides that he doesn't need to go on the mission because he doesn't want to be able to remember. Yep. He doesn't want to remember this life. So he finds the one person that would benefit from getting this original timeline back. And that's a Tannen. Yep. Yeah. They really like, I mean, I know Biff was a dick back in 1955 and it was even kind of a dick in the eighties too. You know, he kind of kept the whole bully mentality, but they really, really, really messed with that poor dude's entire life. Like they just kept like changing his life to make theirs better. To the point where they made it so much worse. <laughs> the thing about Biff, he did have his like full circle moment when he uh, gets treated like crap by his grandkids. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I mean, it's it's already come to like you know playing like, but he was so desperate to have a better life for himself because of how raw a deal he got from everything. And granted, you know, you get the energy, I guess, like, largely, well, the, the lesson is you get the energy that you put out in the world, right? Mm-hmm. If never really put any, well, none of the tannins ever really put anything positive out in the universe. Like, with them, it's always been very self-serving. Because even when he went back to the future in a deleted scene, Biff dies. When he goes back, in, when he goes back to 1955, no, I'm sorry, when he returns to the future, yeah, he dies. Um and it's not that he just I think he like fades out of time or something like that, right? Yeah, he he ceases to exist because he just destroyed the timeline where that that reality was even possible. Yep. So um so yeah, but it's like uh either way, like I I have to go back to it. There was really no character growth for Biff at all in any of the movies, like any of the Tannins. It was always like a different version of Biff. It was like you have the one 1955, you have uh, Griff in 2015, and then you have Mad Dog Tannin back in uh, 1985. I'm sorry, Don't call me Mad Dog. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and, and for some reason, uh, Strickland is always in charge of uh, I, I know, discipline. right? It's like these people have never left Hill Valley. It's like, oh, I have everything I need here. Like what? Oh, the clock tower. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> what else is there? Oh, there's a diner over there. That's Three awesome. things you know are true. <laughs> Three things you know are true in Hill Valley. A Tannen's always going to be abusive. Yep. A Strickland's always going to try and keep him in line. Yep. And a McFly is always going to be a loser. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. And you would say that the Browns are gonna always and then you realize no it's just doc doc is the only only brown in every generation yeah yeah it's uh uh but it's like i I gotta say back to the future it's it's always had a special like i remember seeing i think uh mom i don't know if you're still um with us on the show here listening in but um i believe when i was a kid we lived in we lived in florida um and we lived in the middle of you know east bumble uh it was like middle of nowhere um, when I say like deep in the woods, I mean like just deep, deep, deep in the woods. Uh, but we went to go see, I think, Back to the Future 3 at a, at a drive-in. Okay. Uh, all right, Mom, you're still here. I, I, I think I'm right about this. I, I think we went to go see Back to the Future 3 at like in a drive-in when I was a kid. Um, at this point, I kind of knew about 
Back to the Future. But I was like, when I say little, I would, dude, I'm a little tyke. Um, super small. But um, I wasn't, I, I was not necessarily as adorable as I am today. But, you know, I was, I was, I was still kind of cute. But um, I remember being fascinated with everything because I didn't really know much about Back to the Future other than, like, I think watching it on VHS, possibly, like watching one of them on VHS. Um, I remember I didn't see Back to the Future 2 yet, but <clears throat> I remember like uh, when I was a little bit older, when I was like second or third grade, the cartoon came out. That is back when like, you know, you didn't like, you had VHS tapes, but remember like the weekend, like, you know, Sundays on like old school TV, um, you could watch like the movies that they would have. Right, Josh? Remember those days? Yeah. Yeah, like you'd have like your Sunday movies and everything else, like Fox or whatever, ABC, mm -hmm. NBC. Um, so that's how I actually saw Back to the Future 2 for the first time was on TV with all the commercials and things obviously cut out because it's limited for editing. But uh, yeah, it's just like I've always liked it. It was always a great move, uh, great series. Um, I just I love the the debates of which iteration of Marty is this. And also, you have to wonder: is like, is this a, is like I look at it as like you know, going back to Ant Man of the Ant Man and Quantumania. Come on, let's face it: Doc Brown is Kang, man. <laughs> uh, just a Kang that constantly gets in trouble. That Marty usually has to bail him out of. I'm, oh, I'm sorry, I had to bail him out of in. Um, yeah, the first movie he had to give him the motivation to create time travel. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, second movie. Doc put him in a very precarious situation and then had to rescue Marty out of the situation. You got to do something about your kids, Marty. Yep. And um, the third Marty, and like, why not just leave Marty had to go back. Like those two just rescue each other. That's what future is. They're rescuing each other the entire damn time. In more ways. Than it, more. It is, like, oh yeah. Yeah. But um, I've always liked it. It's a, it a really good, like a uh, tug of war between the two because you never really know which one's in power. that are like, at the at the time you know marty's not the brilliant mind that doc brown is but he's the one that's more street smart and you know has no problem throwing down whereas you know doc brown just kind of like uses his brain you know hey land you on his what? car is like he's got a he's got a it's, that's a 1950 whatever rolls royce this is a delorean he'll tear through us like tinfoil like oh shit okay <laughs> you know what you could scrap my whole fourth idea movie and just come up with like a um 10 minute short film where you're intersplicing um, scenes from the first movie with, you know, Forrest Gump style. You bring in uh, Tom Hiddleston, Owen Wilson. Okay. And say, we're here to fix the timeline. <laughs> Someone just pokes Marty with the, uh, with a stick and they send him off to like the, uh, what do you call that? That other like netherworld place, wherever it was. But um, he gets to meet up with all the other Martys. Yep. <laughs> Which is like what I love about Rick and Morty. <laughs> it's just, um, just a room full of Martys looking at each other and all of them say, this is heavy. Yeah. <laughs> that, that Back to the Future has made me absolutely love Rick and Morty because of how much it takes, like how much it's based off of like those two characters pretty much. So, you know, Doc Brown is Rick and then Marty is, you know, Morty. But you know, it's not so much about time travel as it, as it is about, like, I guess, multiversal travel. But it's still, I don't know. 
time travel's too easy. Yeah. Yeah. But um Yeah, so like uh Back to the Future, like uh what are your kids like thoughts on Back to the Future? Uh, they enjoy it very much, but yeah. I'm not sure if that's because they're like yeah, Dad, this is a great movie. I love it. Yeah. Or, yeah, Dad, this is a great movie. I love it. Yeah, I love you more, Dad. Like, oh, I, I mean, love you. I love you enough to beg you to turn it off now. It's been a while since we've we've sat down for our our viewing. If I'm if I'm being honest, there and uh, and mind you, it doesn't have the enthusiasm that. Uh, the Goonies did on them. Oh no! I mean, Goonies is like I mean, Goonies is just amazing. That's, but um, that's a show of a different color. Yep. Ah oh, man. Anyway. Yeah, Sorry. it's too bad we're out of time. Otherwise, I would have said, "Hey, what about Ghostbusters?" But here we are. I mean, I'm not going anywhere. Son of a bitch. I mean, <clears throat> see, Ghostbusters is like not as like um, it's not as intense for me to discuss Ghostbusters because like with you, like we could both go on about them all day long. But with me, Ghostbusters is a much shorter conversation. Yeah, um, with Back to the Future, it, you you start pulling out charts and, and diagrams, and you're like, no, no, you gotta understand the timeline, the timeline, Brandon. And then, uh, you know, you go into a, a deep well of who's the real Marty? What's the real timeline? Why isn't this fixed yet? Who, what's going to happen next? Nothing. Good. So then we got this whole thing that you got. Yep. We didn't even talk about the Telltale game, uh, Back to the Future. Woo! That was something. And, well, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a dive. It's a dive. No, it is. Sure. Ghostbusters yep. very much more. Yeah, um, Ghostbusters is just like a straight story. Yeah, it's just like a straight timeline. Um, but no, it was like Ghostbusters. I remember seeing that as a kid, uh, being scared shitless uh, by the librarian, like when I was little, little. Because it's a horror. Um, movie. Yeah, I mean, it was always meant to be a horror film. It was, um, I think Harold Ramis just Harold Ramis it up, and actually made it more of a comedy. But it's like. Uh, even with like things like Jim Belushi passing away, I'm sorry, John Belushi passing away, and uh, Eddie Murphy backing out of it, and them having to replace uh, John Belushi with Bill Murray, and then Eddie Murphy with um, Ernie Hudson, um, it was uh, you know like growing up watching it, like I was obsessed with the Ghostbusters. I and mean, when I say obsessed, I mean I was obsessed, dude. Um, wait for uh, motherly confirmation. Is this no, no, she'll. She'll tell you flat out. Like, I mean, I knew everything about all the episodes. Uh, in fact, even like when I'm getting a relationship with a woman, I I tell them that you're going to have to tell me the first and last names of all four Ghostbusters. <laughs> there you go, obsessed. <laughs> just uh, just for verifiable evidence. Yes. Um, but it's like one of the things like. To date me, you have to tell me the first and last names of all four Ghostbusters, their accountant, their secretary, and uh, in the movies, their girlfriend, and also the baby. I need to know about the villain, the two terror dogs. The talk show? And uh, no, not so much the talk show. I forgive the talk show because it's, like, it's very briefly mentioned. But I do want to know when the world's supposed to end according to the woman. 
and what hotel she said that uh, she learned this from these aliens. But uh, now moving on, though, it's like the cute nicknames. Yeah. <laughs> but um, coming away from like Ghostbusters, like I mean, I was so obsessed with Ghostbusters that I even like in my adult life I stayed at a hotel in downtown Hollywood. In uh, West Hollywood, I stayed um, at the hotel where they filmed um, the opening scene with Slimer, and I even went into the banquet hall where they filmed that scene. The hotel is gorgeous. Um, didn't have the best view. I had a great view of like an empty parking lot outside, but walking through the hotel at night, it's 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 beautiful. But um, I always liked the idea of these guys pretty much just being like I don't know, like uh janitors like cleaning up new york and just like catching ghosts like really just like exterminators that's it but um the practical effects when i was uh as i got older learning more about practical effects i started even appreciating uh, appreciating it even more yeah because things like little things like when you see stay puff walking down alongside central park and um he takes out a fire hydrant you see all the water blowing up from the fire hydrant it's not water that's all sand it's just a minimal like a mini set that they had to use this on but um i loved how they wrapped it up i love the chemistry i love the uh difference in the characters now you have uh egon who's the brains of the group you have uh ray who's like the heart of the group bill murray is like the uh even though he knows this stuff is real he's very cynical he's the bill murray of the group yeah pretty much he's he's he just bill murray's it up the entire time and then you have Ernie Hudson, who plays Winston Zedmore, who is like the working man. He just goes to go get a job. That's it. Um, <clears throat> and then in the second one, when you see that they're out of business. <laughs> Doing I, pizza I, parties. Yeah, I never understood that. I never understood that. Like the, All of New York was under attack. And um, it was turned against them to where they were sued after Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Uh to the point where they had to close down, but uh, they, they were, everyone thinks that they were full of crap. It didn't really happen. So then, of course, um, Ghostbusters 2 happens where, you know, Vigo the Carpathian comes back and he's, you know, River of Slime, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, neg- the negative energy in New York City, which, who thought? Who, who'd have thought that even existed in New York? Negativity um, in New York? <laughs> not the strongest movie. Um, Ghostbusters 2 is not like I don't know like uh, Back to the Future it all coincides with each movie leads to the next one and it wraps it up beautifully Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 there's like a sloppy kind of thing between the two like and the time period between the two but then you have as we mentioned earlier the merchandising mm-hmm. um, the cartoon for the Ghostbusters the real co- the real Ghostbusters um hysterical how they even like you know had to call it the real ghostbusters but all the toys that came out dude i had the ecto one i had all four of the ghostbusters i had a bunch of ghosts i had stay puffed i never had the firehouse because uh you know mom never got it for me so i had no place to put the ecto one so i had to (laughs) no no uh i'm joking mom um well if anything that's more realistic because there's no place to park in New York. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I was so obsessed with the cartoon and the movie when I was a kid. We lived, like I said, we lived out. Well, this goes back to when we went to go see uh, Ghostbusters. I'm sorry, um, Back to the Future 3. 
we lived in the middle of the woods in uh, Anthony, Florida, out by um, Ocala. Uh, we had two horses that we were taking care of for somebody else. We had a chicken coop. We even had a sinkhole right by the place. Um, I know I have some, some of those toys in your house. Best not let anyone play with those. But um, <laughs> Brandon, you can't be selfish. No, bullshit. I can. You leave my Ghostbusters alone. Uh, but uh, either way, uh, we didn't have a lot. Uh, to say that we were living in poverty, looking back as an adult, um, I never knew we went without because my mom did a kick-ass job with what she had to work with. Um, and it wasn't much, trust me. Uh, but either way, I remember uh, there's a picture somewhere of me wearing cowboy boots, I think, uh, with a box on my back with ropes strapped around my shoulders. And I stole her vacuum hose from the vacuum cleaner to go bust the uh, horses like they were my ghosts. But, um, oh, yeah, I was have like, I mean, it was, it, was, it was a great time. I used to look forward to every Saturday morning watching a new episode of The Real Ghostbusters for years. You know, bowl of cereal, Saturday morning uh, television. And to any one of your kids that might see this episode, you guys are missing out on an awesome 80s Saturday morning childhood. You're missing out. But, um, Ghostbusters Unless, of too. course, they watched the episodes that were included on the DVD releases. Yeah, fair enough. But, um, moving on, Ghostbusters 2, it was okay. So, when I was like, you know, around like, I guess, like, uh, what, what would it be like, uh, I guess, like eight years old, eight, nine years old. Something like that. It was okay. Uh, well, I mean, you know, 1984, 1989. So, yeah, I was, uh, I was seven, seven and a half, almost eight years old. But, um, it was okay. I got it. I got more attached to it as I uh, got older. But then I'll tell you right now, as an adult, seeing Ghostbusters in theaters for the very first time in my adult life, and I was like thirty years old. Yeah, dude, I was in tears because it's my favorite movie. Like I've never gotten a chance. It's like a Star Wars nut finally being able to see like a, a younger Star Wars fan who has never seen the original episodes four through six unaltered in the theater, and finally getting a chance to go see that. That was like me with Ghostbusters. I was in tears in the theater watching this movie. I'm gonna um, say I'm gonna sneak something in there real quick. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. What's up? I saw Back to the Future. I mean, I probably saw it when I was like three, right? But that mm-hmm. doesn't count. And during its original theatrical release, but I saw it uh, when I was. It's been one week since you looked at me. Yeah, yeah, one week since you looked at me. No, no. Head to the side, so I'm sorry. Hey, go we're, we're gonna get flagged for <laughs> because we're that good. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> can't tell us apart from bare naked ladies at all. <laughs> trying to think how old I was 13 years ago. It was like 28. Okay, so I was about 28 when I saw Back to the Future in theaters for the first time. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe not the first time, but for the first time and able to recollect it. Yeah. Um, it was the 25th anniversary and they were giving away uh, the the one sheet from the original theatrical release. Yeah. So uh, a poster. You got a poster for going. Full size oh, nice. okay. movie poster. And That's awesome. 
cool thing was I was able to go to go with a friend that had never seen Back to the Future. See, that's awesome. That's now, awesome. Now, how she and I were friends after finding out that information, I'll never know. But uh, the fact of the matter was I was able to uh, bring someone new to the Back to the Future table mm-hmm. with a first screening uh, at a theater. First time they saw it was at a theater. So, yes. Yeah. It it really sank its, its hooks in. And uh, I was very proud of that moment. And anytime they re-release it, I'm always down to go see it in the theaters. Not not like some of your local theaters that will just, hey, we're going to be showing this movie. It's not a new print. It's not anything. We're just, we're just showing it. It's fun to see older movies in the theaters. But when there's an event attached to it, that's when I feel the most inclined to yeah. head down. And the 25th anniversary, I was like, yes. Absolutely. And it's like, and I mean, like, obviously, like, if you were to just look over my uh, shoulder here, you know, those are all Ghostbusters figures. If you look over my shoulder, you'll see a blank oh. wall. And, 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 and my favorite part of these Ghostbusters figures is I uh, now have, I have Zool. Look at that little Zool. You have to put them together. And uh, Zool's like fell off. I think that's supposed to happen. But either way, so. Uh, oh, just while we're talking about things. Are we are are we breaking out our toys here? No, I'm going to break out something that does belong to you, though. The tin. <laughs> Actually, no. That's on my. That's on my bookshelf. Okay. Um, but I have something that will be in the tin once you get it. No, if someday. You yep. Ever get it? Yes, yeah, someday. I've only been holding on to it for your birthday for like a decade now. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. What's up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It'd be, it'd be nice to have one of those. Yeah. Got your shirt, nice. buddy. Yeah, thank you. Nice polo. <laughs> this is the one episode of Wadco Media where you had the uh, two founders of Wadco Media interact with each other because it's the only time like this specific founder of Wadco Media is available to attend any one of Wadco Media's uh, shows, but I still catch them afterwards. Uh, but no, but going back to it, it's like I remember uh, when Ghostbusters Afterlife first came out. I was, it, oh dude, I was thrilled uh, when I. You love some Paul Rudd. It's not even Paul Rudd. I was just so curious what they were going to do with it. Um, out like out in the middle of uh, middle of like Ohio. Like there's nothing like there was limited details about it. It it was like hinted at for like two years and then it got delayed because of COVID. Right. I was pissed. It got delayed by like a whole year for the release. Um, and all I can think of is in that year, God, please don't let me die at all. I need to see this movie. (laughs) After the movie, it's whatever you want to do. It's, it's cool. Leave me alone. To where I can watch this movie when it comes out. Could have turned um, into a fanboy situation. But uh, I, I I went to go see it with Danielle, and um, oh dude, when, the, when like the opening scene when uh, Egon you know dies, tears. I'll tell you right now, and it was like you know, 
I was crying, dude. I was like, you would have thought that it was like, uh, you would have thought that I lost my grandparents all over again. I was a mess. And then the uh, the movie goes carries forward and all that stuff. But uh, I was so excited, dude. I was like, I was just, oh, I was pumped the rest of the movie. I was having a great time watching it. it it's got mixed reviews. I thought it was fun. People think it's like, oh, well, it's Ghostbusters for kids. Like, yeah, well, it's, it's yeah. the passing of the torch. Now, I will say uh, the ending when all three of the OG Ghostbusters showed up, I thought it was awesome. It wasn't until like a month later I started thinking more and like the writing standpoint of this, like where she just called, Phoebe just called from jail like the day beforehand. And now all three of the Ghostbusters, without even hearing them, just show up at the farm. They just drive up. Fully mm-hmm. stocked with the proton packs and everything else. They weren't like, I mean, they didn't drive the Ecto-1. The kids were driving the Ecto-1. But um, either way, I don't, you know, I don't give a shit. It's Ghostbusters. And but, Ray uh, was... certainly was you know, really eager to talk about a lot of personal stuff to a random person. On the oh, phone. I know, like just unloads everything on the on the on the phone with this kid. Um, that does seem like... kind of Ray like, though. Yeah, that is like at the very end. I love the whole callback to the first Ghostbusters movie when um, Ray brings up the whole line, like trying to get rid of Gozer. Right, like yeah, you know, like telling Gozer it's time to go back, but it's like it's like a mirror from the first movie, and then like Gozer, like and you know Gozer, like it's Gozer remembers these guys, right? Because mm-hmm. like that little smile that um, Olivia Wilde has in that scene where like Gozer says "Are you?" and pauses, little smile, a god, and Ray's like just like pauses for a second, and you have like Ernie, you have Winston and Peter's like Ray, oh come on Ray. <laughs> it's like yes yeah we're all guys so go home <laughs> but I, dude i was just all the callbacks and everything else of the first movie mm-hmm. i was i love honestly a lot of times cgi is a little tricky uh <clears throat> but the way they had uh zul and vince Clorthos, yes the terror dogs names um the way they showed them and how like once I guess like their interactions with people and how they possess people and stuff like that. I thought it was awesome. Actually showing them possess someone get captured like in a, in a trap, get let out of the trap and, you know, possessing somebody else. You know, Paul Rudd talking about how I was like, Oh yeah, I hit my head on that bench back there. Like, so you, they remember what they were doing. They just had no control over themselves. Um, I thought it was amazing. Like I thought the whole movie, like you know, when when Winston, uh, yeah, when Winston, when Egon shows up at the very end of the movie, and all the Ghostbusters were able to say their goodbyes to him. And that was one thing that did bother me about the movie. Actually, was how Ray and the guys they did not believe Egon. Like that bothered me. Like no, it's coming. It's like no, it's not coming. You're you're crazy. Like, you guys are dicks to Egon, man. <laughs> Except for Ernie. Ernie paid for everything. But, um, uh, dude, like, it's just, it's always held a very, very special place in my heart. Uh, the Extreme Ghostbusters cartoon that came out in the uh, 90s, that was awesome. But, um, now they're making another one. They're already, uh, a Ghostbusters Firehouse, I think they're calling it. They're filming in London. The the Ecto one's already overseas, so I'm curious how they're going to go about doing that one. But 
uh, Winston is going to be, I think, like one of the uh, leads in that movie. And I guess I don't know if the kids are going to be in that one too, but yeah. Either way, I'm thrilled. I uh, I think they honestly should have stopped it after Afterlife, but just kind of hinted that Winston's going to get the uh, you know the company back together. But yeah. Yeah, but you know me. I don't like too many sequels to movies. I think like it comes, it gets to the point where you kind of like just destroy the sanctity of what made the movie special. You're on mute. I'm saying it depends on what it is. Well, I mean, okay, like um, Back to the Future. Back to the Future Three wrapped it up, right? Doc Brown and uh, Clara Clayton, uh, they're they're like they have their boys, Jules and Vern. They're going off to do what they're going to do. Marty's got Jen. They're going to live their lives now. Uh, everyone's kind of like just like the story's wrapped up. Yeah, it'd be a, it would have to take a hell of a movie to top those three movies. I, know, uh, I just pitched it on this episode. No, no, you did, you did, but it's like it would take. But like, you're not Hollywood. Hollywood has a great way of destroying things. Um, you're not wrong. Star Wars, the prequel trilogy, looking back, was not horrible. I still don't think it was great, but it was it wasn't horrible. The news trilogy that came out over the last like you know like couple of years, those just destroyed. They like it, like those directors, Kathleen Kennedy just pulled their pants down, took a shit all over anything George Lucas ever built. Um, I have my friend Shanna and I. We've we've uh, we've spoken about Star Wars a few times. We do not count Star Wars, uh, the newest trilogy, as being part of that series it's like does like an extended universe kind of deal um and then going into horror films look at saw the very first saw movie was not a gory rampage of a movie um, i don't know when the last time is that you saw that movie but it's not it's not really gory at all really it's more of like a detective cat and mouse kind of game yeah it's gory. it's really only gory in like two spots where the cop gets there like you know gets shot in the head and uh, where the doctor has to saw up his foot. After that, it just became more and more and more. Well, there's, there's the first trap. Huh? I said there's the first trap. But it's like you didn't really see anything with the first trap. She like when she was even when she was stabbing the guy in the uh, in the cellmate. Like the cellmate was like, oh, she did get the key from his stomach. And, uh, uh, behind the eye. Oh, that was saw two. Here's your saw one. No, that was Saw 2. Yeah, for sure, Saw 1. No, Saw 2. Saw 1 starts off in the bathroom. Are you, are you doing research right now? I promise you I'm right. Because you're talking about the research. Venus... You're talking about the Venus flytrap. Uh... Uh, you saw Disambiguation. A bit I of think it's boom. Saw 2. I'm pretty sure it's Saw 2. Saw movie franchise... Saw film. Venus flytrap. Uh, <laughs>
keep talking, man. I'm, I'm, no, 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 I'm, 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 no, I'm, I'm, you ever see like CSI Miami, the, you know, like the dude with sunglasses? Yeah. Horatio. I'm waiting for you to uh, tell me I'm right so I can do something. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. As it turns out, I was right. This flash up is in Saw 1. As far as you know. Mm-hmm. Fine. You were right. Saw 2, right? Saw 2. Well, I guess this is the best argument you ever saw. Good night, everybody. See what I did there? Did you see it? That was awesome, wasn't it? You saw that? And they were not sunglasses. It doesn't work the same way. But you know, it, you know what? I'll just see myself out here. Either way, so Ghostbusters is awesome. Uh, so, so I'm worried about what they're going to do with like how many other sequels they're going to make. How many can you make and keep the sanctity of what makes the fans like excited for these movies? And it goes over to like as we were talking earlier in the beginning of the show uh, with the MCU. Like, how many times can you make sequels to these movies, and how can you make it to where people are excited to go see them? So, like, Ghostbusters to me is the same way. Like, I mean, I'm a diehard fan of Ghostbusters. I know everything about all the, about all the movies. I can recite almost the entire first movie beat for beat, line for line. But I don't, you know, if you keep making these movies and they become less and less special, Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters Afterlife, to me are the best ones, but there's only really three that I give a shit about. Um, but yeah. As long as I keep uh, Paul uh, Paul uh, Fag off of it. Uh, yeah. Fag? Yeah, Paul Fag. Keep him away from it. We're good. But he's already burnt that bridge with Dan Aykroyd, and Dan Aykroyd pretty much holds most of the rights to the Ghostbusters as it is. So he is the final say, man. But anyway, on that note, it is actually, it is, wow, 8.30. We've had a decent little show here. Yeah, look at the runtime. I guess Yeah, we never saw that coming. No, you got to move completely off. It doesn't count. You got to move up completely. You got to do wheels on my seat, okay? How about this? And the pay it up doesn't really work all that well. No. No. (laughs) It's okay. It's a technical difficulty. This is a wadcast. They kind of go hand in hand. So, um... (laughs) my camera operator sucks. And the flagship me. this is like the flagship show for the company and uh we just like we fuck up the the most and this was my one per episode uh we mess up the you most yeah like everyone else is like you know jen there she's like just like on point with what she does uh you and her are great together you and me we just always mess shit up so <laughs> we're the boys we're the wrecking crew <laughs> it's like hey, what's going on it's like the hell if i know what's this <laughs> That's why, you know, I, I always, you know, whenever I'm 
on a different show, and, and I'm talking about uh, the Wadcast. They're like, what are, what are you talking about this Friday? Uh, and I say, yeah, there it goes. Uh, they say, what are you talking about this Friday? And I say, I don't know. I'm not psychic, and it's not five minutes before air. So Yeah, yeah, you got to give us at least, like, five minutes. Like, even tonight, we didn't know what the hell we were going to be talking about. I, like, I, when we start talking about, like, Ant-Man, like, Quantumania, then we go into, like, then it kind of like a half hour, 40 minutes in, we get to the point that we spoke about like a week ago. I didn't even make a poster for this show. I'm going to have to make something now. But um, like a after the fact thing. But anyway, yes, I am going to get going. Um, I know it's late for you. I know you're not feeling well anyway, even though you look very handsome. So cute. Look at you. Yeah, that's a that's a very special face. Yes, it is. My special, special boy. Josh, that's me. Um, <laughs> oh God, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Oh, toys, right? I'm Christ. Batman. Now, mind you, I've been up since very, very, very early, so I'm uh, I'm I'm a little punch drunk from exhaustion. That's okay. I got you, man. No, no worries. But um, yeah. But, but um, <laughs> so, so, this is so stupid. We gotta go, man. All right, this is getting late. All right, so I'm going to uh, get going. B Jacksman 182 for all the uh, socials. Um, you know, Wadcast, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook.com, Instagram.com. Both backslash the Wadcast. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Uh, we have a TikTok. I'm trying to figure out what we have worked to even put on TikTok. I, you know, the hell if I know. But um, but yeah, do dances, do funny dances. Oh yeah, yeah, do dances. Do um, dance I'm thinking, like, Wednesday. I'm thinking, I'm thinking film trivia. Uh, film trivia. Uh, short little lists of trivia or like you know whatever fun facts about films. Um, or just like, and we there's a show that we have under Wadco Media that they discuss lists. They actually have a list uh, throughout the show. But I'm thinking about doing something like that with the Wadcast because there are very specific things that me and Josh have spoken about in regards to screenwriters, directors, producers, stuff like that. So there's other things that I can discuss without diving into movies themselves. That after all, Wadcast does Wad does stand for writers, actors, directors, and everything in between. Yeah, it does. So, but um. But yeah, that being the case, I'm going to go. I've got an early morning tomorrow, and I, I'm not even tired. So, plus I have to go to the bathroom, and you know, just yeah. So I'm going to go. You got this. Do your Uncle Jesse or Danny Tanner full house kind of talk with that godforsaken music that I just can't. You know what? They added a feature on this um, that lets me add music. So if I could find some actual, you know full house inspirational music stuff oh oh it'll probably be taken down or flagged for copyright probably yeah, yeah. so if somebody out there can produce one of those you know i'm gonna slow get go. so badly okay get out i believe it good friday guys so, okay here we are once again just us Um, as always, if you want to find out more about everything we do here at the podcast, you can start at the top, wadcomedia.com, because that's who we are. It's uh, how we produce all of the fine programming in Wadco Media. 
Uh, there's going to be some special announcements coming up soon. Uh, some programming changes to make note of, uh, including how's this for a tease? One series ending and another beginning. So expect more information on that in the future. But go to wadcomedia.com where none of that information will be available. Um, but it will at least link you to all the social media accounts like Facebook where you can like it and get all the awesome updates that you'll need to stay up to date on what we're doing here at Wadco Media. And while you're on Facebook giving everything a like, why don't you go to Ten Two One's uh, Facebook page, give that a like. Go to the Wadcast Facebook page, give that a like. And then you'll be able to stay up to date with all of the wonderful goings on with uh, the running programs here at Wadco Media. Anywho, yeah, you see, I just, I just promote the website now, but and something the website also has is a Patreon. I'm not going to ask you to do, uh, do anything with that because that means I would have to do something, and I think I do a lot. I do so much, but if you want to order a shirt or something from the merchandise site, uh, at least. I'll feel better knowing that you felt so inclined to uh, give to the cause, but you also get something tangible in return. So uh, shirts, uh, coffee mugs, uh, notebooks, whatever the case may be, if you feel like you like what we do and and you want to help out in some small way, then by all means, hit the merch shop. I tried to post on the Facebook pages when things go on sale and they do so quite frequently um so it's sometimes hard to keep up with how much they actually go on sale uh i i'm not gonna say make sure you pay full price for brandon's already calling me i'm still on the air you jacus anyway and uh, i'm not gonna say hey go make sure you pay full price for whatever you buy. no keep an eye on the facebook page i'll let you know when there's a sale and you can get the stuff at a discounted rate because i just think it's cool that you know i make these designs and people would actually want to wear them that's that's all i'm saying but anyway on to the the final thought the final message the the message that i've delivered 119 times and now 120 times um uh, every time i think there was one exception anyway Remember, the only thing standing between you and your dreams is you. If you want to be a writer, you need to start writing. If you want to be a director, start directing. You got a phone, right? If you got a phone, that means you got a camera. If you got a camera, that means you can make shots. You can take shots. You can shoot stuff with your camera. If you want to act, hey, use that same phone. Act in front of it. It's uh, it's not exactly rocket surgery. The point is, you got to stop giving yourself reasons and excuses not to do something and just start doing it. If you go through watchcomedia.com to the YouTube channel, you'll see uh, playlists that have select short films that um, I've been associated with or in or uh, whatever the case may be. Are they the greatest things in the world? No. But the fact of the matter is, you're, I, I read this somewhere, 
your project doesn't have to be good. It just has to be made. And you're not going to do that just sitting there. So get to it. Get to work. Be the thing you want to be. Because guess what? There's nobody stopping you. Nobody. You don't need permission to create. I'm just letting you know. Uh, well, that's it. This has been the Wattcast episode number number 120. Uh, writers, actors, directors, podcast. I am Josh, the guy that ditched us. That's Brandon. And we will be back next week with episode number 121. What are we going to talk about? Hell if I know. It's not five minutes before air and I'm not psychic. So until next week, uh, have fun. And uh, you know what? Here's another little thing I'm going to add. You can choose to be anything you want. So always, always choose to be kind.